Welcome to the Christian Bay Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. Grab your journal. You are watching a master at work. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Christian Bay TV and Podcast, where Christ and culture connects. I pray that you guys are having a wonderful day. As you guys see from the title, today we're talking about when sight deceives you. And we're coming from the book of Exodus chapter 17, verses 1 through 6, and Numbers chapter 20, verses 5 through 11. So grab your journals. So this morning while I was eating breakfast, I was watching a sermon by Mike Todd, his last sermon from this past Sunday, and it was titled Departure from Partnerships or When to Depart from Partnerships or something like that. And something that he said really stood out to me. He said, some of you, if you were given the opportunity, you would choose Jesus over the Holy Spirit. If you could choose which one you want on earth with you, you would choose to have Jesus. And that really stuck out to me. And it really gave me a new understanding of why there's so much beauty in the unseen. There's so much beauty in the unknown and things that we can't see. Because what God showed me is that with him saying we would choose Jesus, that wasn't a compliment. And God showed me that we should choose the Holy Spirit because because Jesus was flesh. Which means if Jesus is in Atlanta, what you gonna do in LA? However, the Holy Spirit can live within all of us. But majority of the time, we want to choose things that we can see, even if the unseen things benefit us more. Because when he first said that, I was thinking about it like, dang, if somebody would have asked me, I probably would have said Jesus too. Like, let me hang out with him because I could see him. But it's just like, what about situations where you can't see him because he's not physically there? What if he's at your mama house? What if he's at your friend house? And now it's just like, you got to wait for him to get back here. But the Holy Spirit can be with you at all times, but you can't see that. And God showed me why this is why it's important for us to understand that there's more power in the unseen, even though our eyes would say otherwise, even though this world would say otherwise, the unseen things actually benefit us more than the things that we can see. And then I begin to think about different examples because y'all know I love examples. So I'm just thinking about different situations and examples where the unseen benefits us more than the things that we can see. Like if I was to give my niece a hundred dollars versus giving her my debit card, she can't see the money, but it's way more on my debit card than it is in that hundred dollars that I gave her. But at 13, if I was to ask her, she probably would take the hundred, but really it's an unlimited amount on the debit card. And you really get to do more with it. If you spend over a hundred on the debit card, you can continue to spend. But if you run out of that hundred, then a hundred is gone. But again, a lot of times we choose the things that we can see. So when I sat down to do my quiet time, God gave me the title when sight deceives and he led me to the book of Moses. We are, y'all probably already knew or know where I'm going with this. He led me to the book of Exodus chapter 17 and he allowed a couple of things to stand out to me in this chapter. So I'm just going to summarize verses one through six. So what's happening is this is the chapter where God allows Moses to have water to come from the rock. And verse one starts talking about how they set out as the Lord commanded and they count but there was no water for the people to drink. So verse two says, the people began to fuss at Moses and say, there's no water. And Moses was like, why do you curl with me? Why do you put the Lord to the test? When the people were thirsty in verse three, they said, why did you bring us out of Egypt to make us and our children die of thirst? Verse four, it says, then Moses cried out to the Lord, what am I to do with these people? They are almost ready to stone me. Verse five says, the Lord answered Moses, go out in front of the people, take with you some of the elders of Israel and taking your hand, the staff, 
staff with which you struck the Nile and go. Verse 6 says, I will stand there before you by the rock at Harab. Strike the rod and water will come out of it for pe for the people to drink. So Moses did this in the sight of the elders of Israel. So when he did what God told him to do, water came out of the rock and they were able to drink. So in that moment, he saw that while God did what he said he was going to do it in front of all these people, not only did Moses see that water came out of the rock, but the people also saw that water came out of the rock. So the first thing that stood out to me is that it says they went as the Lord commanded. But then they began to complain because there was no water. And the first thing that stood out to me was, you don't think God knew there was no water before you got there? See, a lot of times when we enter new seasons or into new situations, we begin to complain about what's wrong. But if you're living and walking according to the steps that God has called you to, the steps that God has ordered for you, you don't think he knows the area of lack that's in this new season? You don't think he knows what's wrong at that job? You don't think he knows what's wrong in that relationship. You don't think he knew this before you got there. So if God is sending you there, you don't have to get worried or complain about the thing or complain about the situation because God knew the lack or the problem area in that place before he even sent you there. So that means if he sent you there, he must already have a solution set up. The second thing that God showed me is that Moses started off strong. Moses said, why are you complaining? Like, this is where God sent us. But then Moses let the people get to him because it says that Moses cried out to God because the people were acting like they was ready to stone him. And what God showed me is that chatty people comes with purpose and calling. When you're beginning to walk in your purpose and what God has called you to, you have to be prepared for people to be chatty and sharing their opinions that you didn't ask for. Sometimes I wish we could charge people for their opinion. Like before you say what you got to say, pay me to listen because I really didn't ask you for your two cents. But since you want to give it anyways, let's put the money where your mouth is and pay me before you start talking. Because when it comes to my calling, I never asked for you to be chatty about it. I never asked for your opinion on it. So Moses was good at first, but then he allowed the chatty people people and their opinion to get to him and it says he called out to God but then at the same time that was good of Moses because in spite of being frustrated by the people he knew who his source was he knew who to take that frustration to so it says that Moses went to God when he was frustrated and he cried out letting God know that these people is complaining about where you have called them to then as you continue to read, verse five says, the Lord answered Moses. And that's something else that stood out to me. God showed me that he never responded to the chatty people. He never responded to the people that was complaining. He never responded to the people that was sharing their opinion. He responded to the one that he sent. He responded to Moses. And what Moses, when Moses cried out to him, when Moses spoke to him and said what was going on, God responded to Moses because when it comes to your calling, it is not a conference call. God don't care about them chatty people and what they saying about you. God don't care about how they feel about what he's telling you to do. He's going to respond to you. So if you're frustrated, if you're doubting, if you feel like you're growing weary, I want to encourage you, one, not to be bothered by people and what they have to say. And two, to know that God is always ready to, to answer you because you're the one that he's calling. So in Exodus chapter 17, that's what happened. The people were complaining. Moses went to God. God told Moses to strike the rock so that water can come out. And they all saw a mighty move and miracle from God that was shown through Moses. But then when we go to Numbers chapter 20, the situation changes up a little bit. So what's happening in Numbers chapter 20, and we're going to focus on verses 5 through 11, this is a similar situation. And now the people are saying to Moses, why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place? 
It has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. So now Moses is in another situation where these people are complaining to him because ain't no water to drink. Then when you read verse six, it says Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance, the tent of meeting and fell face down and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Once again, God is answering and showing up for the ones that he has called. Then the Lord said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so they and their livestock can drink. Verse 9 says, so Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he commanded. Verse 10, he and Aaron gathered the assembly together in front of the rock and Moses said to them, listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out and the community and their livestock drank. Because now you're getting beside yourself because who told you to strike the rock? And not only did you strike the rock, but you was kind of getting sassy. That was a little sassy, in my opinion. Listen, you rebels like Moses, calm down because it's not even you that's doing a miracle. But now you're starting to feel yourself a little bit. And you don't struck the rock. The first thing that God showed me after reading this is he said, same test, different timing. It was the same test. These people complaining about water, but it was a different timing and it was a different season. And God said to me, but his sight deceived him. His sight deceived him because it looked exactly how it looked last time. And because I used the same thing that I used last time, he decided to take matters into his own hand, strike the rock, not once, but twice, because it looked like the same test, but this is a different timing. And God said, that is the danger of relying on your sight because your sight will deceive you. Your sight will say, this is the same test, but I'm saying it's a new season. So God said, I need you to understand that there's more value in the things that you can't see like my word or my presence or my Holy Spirit. That is where the anointing lies. That is where the value is because if you rely on your sight, your sight will deceive you and it'll have you thinking you're in the same test, not realizing you're in a different timing. God says his sight deceived him. The first thing that God showed me was that Moses was confident in what he saw and that's where the problem started. He began to rely on his sight and his knowledge of how it happened last time. And last time you told me to strike the rock. So even though, and y'all know when we get confident, sometimes we go deaf. Like when you feel like you know how to do something or you feel like you know how to handle a situation because you've been here before, we don't really listen like we will listen when we're scared because this is new. See, that's why God allows us to enter new seasons and go through scary, dark seasons because we listen closely when we're scared. But when we have went through a test or a season before, we get confident and then we go deaf. We get confident and we stop tapping into his presence. We get confident and then we stop trying to hear what he got to say because we feel like we already know what to do. So Moses saw that the situation looked the same. It's the same rock in the same complaint. They complaining about water and you told me to strike it once last time. So I'm going to strike it twice this time for double because I'm leaning on my own sight not knowing that sight deceived me so the first thing that God showed me was that Moses was confident and that's where the problem came in that's why God likes when we're uncertain or we don't know because we're more intentional about listening and leaning into his presence when we're not confident it's not that he doesn't want us to have confidence but sometimes we get too big-headed with it and then we lean on sight and not his spirit the second thing that God showed me is that his confidence caused him to take over. God wanted to do a new thing, but he was too bold for the old. God wanted them to see, because think about it. If you already strike the rock 
previously in the book of Exodus, they already know that trick. They already know you strike the rock and water come out. But God wanted to do a new thing. God constantly goes from glory to glory. God's word says that his thoughts and his ways are far beyond ours. So if he gets to the point to where he's predictable, that means that his thoughts and his ways will not be far above ours because I predicted that. I already knew you were going to do that. So he wanted to do a new thing. He said, don't strike the rock this time. I just want you to speak to it because they're expecting you to strike it because they saw you strike it last time. But because Moses was leaning on his sight and not the word of God, he struck it not once, but twice. He was bold with the old while God was trying to do a new. The last thing that God showed me was just why I love God so much is that he still allowed the water to come out even though Moses was disobedient. Even though Moses leaned on his sight instead of what God spoke, God still allowed water to gush out the rock because it was always God's plan to provide the water but his way of providing it was different. So he still gave them the water because his word is still going to go to pass. But now I know I can't trust you as a vessel. So I'm going to do what I said I was going to do because that's for them. But as for you, I'm going to have to swap you out because your sight deceived you. So today's seed is see for me. God, I need you to see for me because I understand that I can see a situation in one season and not know that you have shifted to something else. I understand that I can see the same test, but because it's a different timing, I could be moving about it the wrong way. I could be handling it the wrong way. And I don't want to be like Moses that didn't get to allow, that didn't make it into the promised land because his sight deceived him. So Father God, today I'm going to sow the see for me seed. Father God, I want you to see for me. I never want to get so confident in my sight and so confident confident in what I think I know and so confident in what I did in previous seasons that I take over something that was assigned to me by you. So Father God, today I'm going to sow the seed for me seed. Today I give you the authority. I give you the permission. I submit myself to you and I say, Father God, see for me because I understand that sight can be deceiving and I understand that seasons shift and I understand that I don't know everything that I think I know. So Father God, today I pray for you to see for me, Father God. Keep me in a posture to where I'm sensitive to what you have to say and not driven by what I see in front of me. Keep me in a posture to where I'm submitted to your season and your plan and not the perspective that I have of what's going on. Father God, I pray for you to see for me because I don't want to be deceived and miss out on the blessing that you have for me because I'm looking at something with the wrong clarity. See for me. And you can sell the C for me seed to dollar sign the Christian Bay or PayPal Zell the Christian Bay at gmail.com. That information will be in the description. See for me. Because I understand that sight can be deceiving. And I don't want to choose having Jesus over the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit can be within me at all times. I understand that there's perks and benefits to the unseen. I understand that it's more important to lean on you and get my clarity from you and not these fleshly eyes that deceive. See for me seed. Let's pray. Father God, first and foremost, thank you for waking us up and blessing us with another day. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to be in your presence, to be in your word. Thank you for using me as your vessel, Father God. I pray today over each and every person under the sound of my voice that they get bold in their reliance of you, Father God. Allow us to not idolize our eyesight. Allow us to not idolize the previous seasons and how we went about it and think that we can take control of this season. Father God, allow us to lean on you and get our clarity, our direction, and our understanding from you in all seasons, in all situations, even situations 
situations that we think we're familiar with allow us to get comfortable with being uncomfortable by being led by you at all times father god today we sow the sea for me seed and we submit ourselves and our clarity and our vision to you and we say have your way father god because we don't want our sight to deceive us we love you and will forever praise your name in jesus name we pray amen I love you guys so much. I recorded today's podcast on something different. So let me know how you guys feel about this audio or if it sounds different or anything like that. Let me know. You can DM me um, or leave a comment on Instagram at the Christian Bay underscore. But I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Christian Bay TV and podcast. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.